0: Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Jay Zawoski here, Greg Boyson, Mario Tiribasi. But we have a special guest in studio. Blackhawks head coach Derek King has joined us in our West Loop studios. Coach, it is great to have you.
1: Thanks for having me. I don't know if I'm a special guest, but uh, I'll take that (laughs) right now. But uh, yeah, it's great to be here and I'm looking forward to it. Well, we were told there'd be
0: muffins, and I don't see any muffins. Yeah, I missed uh, out on that. The
1: media people ate all the muffins, so <laughs> all right. but I, I, I told them, I warned them, they were about 30 days uh, old, but uh, <laughs> they still choked them down. I'll get some coffee we're, cake. My wife makes great coffee cake. Ooh, Next time, I'll get okay. some for I, you guys. All right. that's, that's, and you can ask my uh, oldest, who, who came to watch, uh, you know, he's he knows how his mom bakes. Well, I can so. report from when, my my best report
2: from practice that morning was the muffins were yeah, good. So I got to...
1: That was probably the best thing of that whole day was the muffins, but uh, you're probably not wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we're getting there. We're getting there.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been it's 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 you know no secret that it's been a, a bit of a, a dis- difficult stretch here coming towards the yeah. end of the season. Last night again another another difficult game, but I mean the season on as a whole since you took over to now, how would you kind of evaluate how the team is? you know, developed and, and even yourself, how you've developed as a coach?
1: Well, I've definitely developed as a coach. Uh, I've learned a lot. This is a, uh, it's a different demon uh, from the American League to the NHL. But I, I think our team, we've, we've hit a speed bump. We, that's all. It's a just, and it's a big speed bump right now. But uh, I think we're heading in the right direction. Um, from when I took over a real fragile group, um Not sure where this was going to go. And then uh, we kind of got, you know, you you, you win games and everybody's happy, right? And then, uh, you know, we kind of win one, lose one, win one. Then we go on little stretches where we, you know, we win a few, lose a few. But this stretch seems to be the big speed bump where where, uh, the hurdle we have to overcome. And um, we got the right guys to overcome it. We just got to figure out how we're going to do that. Uh, And that's my job.
0: It seems like that Buffalo game really sort of, change the trajectory of the season because even after the trade deadline where the team had every excuse to say well you know we're sort of we sold off it's time for a rebuild yeah. the response immediately after was really good really positive and then the collapse happens against Buffalo and it, it seems that everything is sort of snowballed from there what sort of things can you do with a, a generally young team to c- control that and and rein them in and have them thinking one game at a time instead of you know, amplifying every yeah. little failure.
1: Well, it's it's the message every day. It's reminders of uh, all the details of the game. Uh, you know, make sure we're, if I go back, the, the big thing for me is these guys need to come to the rink. Like I said, when I walked up here in this uh, beautiful building you got, it's like you want to come to work every morning mm-hmm. when you're in this atmosphere. And that's the atmosphere we need uh, to keep uh, building over at the, whether we're at the Fifth Third or or we're at the United Center. guys are coming in there wanting to come to work uh, not tiptoeing around not on eggshells not the poor me feeling sorry for ourselves you know and and that's what uh that's where my job comes in and i think we're we're doing a good job at that and our guys are relaxed but just when they get on that ice for that game because we've lost so many uh you know we got a, a couple of wins earlier then we lose a bunch and then we get a couple ot losses we're starting to grip the stick a bit so my job is to come in keep make sure everybody's Following the rules, following the details of the game, but relax. Take a deep breath. Mm. We got this.
2: This has been a, a trying season, to say the least. A yeah. lot of off-ice things, a lot of things happening to the team, away from the team. You even mentioned it last night after the game that these guys are kind of burnt. I don't want to say yeah. burnt out, but they're no, feeling it. So how, how yeah.
1: difficult has all the peripheral stuff made it in the locker room this year? Well, it's, it's been tough. I mean, coming into this, you know, it's like, okay, like I said, we're fragile coming in with all the off-ice stuff, you know, and then, and then, you know, you start to, I always, even as a player, was always, whether you're having some problems at home or things are not going right, when you get on that ice, you forget about everything. So that's the nice thing. So you've got to remind these guys of that. I mean, we're on the ice. We focus on what we need to do. Don't worry about all that stuff on the outside. That's out of our control. We can control what we do on the ice. And uh, for the most part, the guys have really done a good job with that. Of late, I think after the trade deadline, uh, just some uncertainty. I think it helped that Kyle uh, was actually finally named the GM. That helps guys relax a little bit. But there's still a little uncertainty for players that uh, are my back next year. What are they thinking? I'm not in the lineup. How come? Uh, The GMs are watching. Uh, who's kind of who's going to be the coach next year? There, and, and even in our room, uh, as coaching staff, there's guys, uh, you know, they're up for contracts too. Some of them, and they don't know what's going on. So, which is which is normal. That that's besides that. So, when we're at the rink, we need to focus on just the team and focus on uh, what we need to do to to get out of this little uh, slump we're in. The
3: the stretch of of games that the team has just recently gone through, you know, losing eight in a row. Um, 11 of 13, I think the, the, you guys have dropped. Um, t- is it kind of mirror the situation that you, you came into at the beginning of the season where you're saying, you know, guys were a bit fragile, they lost, uh, you know, 12, 11, yeah. uh, 11 of the first 12. Is it kind of mirror that and you kind of have to say, hey, we've been here before, we can get through it? Yeah, or? exactly.
1: It's exactly the message is, um, you know, we put ourselves in this position and we're the ones that can get out of it. Um, I didn't like the outcome at the start of the year uh, for Jeremy when he went through it, but, uh, you know, I'm not worried about that for myself. It's We we can fight through this. We're playing teams that are desperate, urgency, um, and we just have to match that, and they know that. Uh, I thought last game we have our uh, little um, ups and downs during the game, but I, I still like the way we competed in the third. We kind of got it back, uh, got the fans out of their seat. Uh, you know, they get the empty net goal, and... Uh, over them but uh, I still think we're trying uh, these guys are trying Uh, we're a young team uh, and like we talked about we're a little mentally exhausted and physically exhausted but uh, we'll we'll battle through this I know they will.
0: I want to go back to something you said to start the interview about you coming in and and taking over an NHL job and and the difference between Rockford and Chicago. Can you be specific with that? What were some of the surprises, maybe, that you encountered that maybe you well, weren't expecting? Yeah,
1: a lot of the a lot of it's the details, uh, the details of the game, the breakdown of the game, or uh, your whole the whole day, uh, your approach to playing a team, whatever your team is, Nashville, Vegas, whatever it is. But just that whole day of uh, how we break it down, get a pre scout going, uh, make sure the power plays uh, PK videos ready to go. And if we have to show any other clips, they have to be prepared. And then, you know, then, then it's media and then it's got to talk to maybe ESPN's doing the game or whatever, uh, is doing it. And then you got to talk to them. So a lot of times you're not even, it's just go, 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 go. Whereas in the American league, like we talked about, great. It's, um, you know, a couple guys show up, I do a Tuesday, uh, media day and that's it. After the game, I talk, um, preparation for a game is a little different because you're more worried about your guys, what they're doing and how the team's playing. So you're showing mostly a video on uh, things we need to correct as a team. And, and then you're doing a lot of individual stuff on and working with guys. So um, it's not as uh, taxing, uh, it's, a, it's a little different demon. But, uh, but like I said, this has been a learning experience for me. Coming into this, not knowing What to expect? You know, I thought I was just going to come in and go, okay, you go out there and (laughs) chase the puck around and stuff like that. But, I mean, there's a lot of details to this.
2: And and speaking with the American League, you know, you spend a lot of time down there as a player and a coach. How important is it with this Icehawks team now that, they haven't clinched it yet, but a playoff run looks like it's going to be happening. How big is that for some of these young players, like an Ian Mitchell, like a Lucas Reichel, if he's back down there? Some of these yeah. young guys that are going to be NHL players. How big is that to get those really meaningful games down the <laughs> well, stretch?
1: It's huge. Uh, I mean, it's meaningful hockey for them. Um, this is how they get better. This is how they prepare themselves for the next step. Playoff hockey down there is probably like uh, you know hockey right now. Some teams are desperate. Some teams are working to get that last spot. The how competitive it is, and that's probably how that's going to be for them down there. So they're going to get a uh, a good look at and a good feel of what it takes to move to the next level. And that, and I, and I've seen it with uh, when I was in the Marlies. We went to the finals the one year against Norfolk, Tampa Bay's uh, farm team that year. Half of those guys are playing in the NHL now. And a lot of the guys we had, I was talking to my oldest uh, about some of the players we had, they're all in the NHL now. Because they've experienced that, they did well with that, um, it just it pays dividends for sure. So it looks like they're going to make it. I uh, hope they can clinch it quick, and then some of those guys can go back down there and play some meaningful hockey. Especially when your team, your big team, is uh, you know struggling, Re uh, you know, uh, not going to make the playoffs they haven't made the playoffs for a few years so it's good for those guys to get that little taste of playoff hockey so
3: the blackhawks you know they they had a a long stretch of success now they've had some some lean years and translating that to kind of your playing career you came into the islanders after their their early 80s dominance run um you were a first round pick and you know getting into that that time frame Does that experience that that you had as a player, does that translate to some of the young guys with the Blackhawks now specifically like a Kirby Doc or a Lucas Reichel who are gonna be looked at as like, hey, like we're gonna be trying to get back to this prominence and you're gonna be a player that a lot of people are gonna have eyes on. Yeah, it
1: definitely does. I mean, it was hard. Uh, You come into an organization like the Islanders after winning four cups at Dynasty and then where a few of us young guys are and uh, they weeded out a few of the older guys and made trades and then There still was some guys like Trache Popvin, Billy Smith, guys like that were still around. But, you know, they're so used to winning in that. And then all of a sudden, those young guys come in and kind of cripple it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it was a learning experience for me. I don't know if I was 100% ready for that, you know, coming out of junior and going right to the NHL. I did do a couple of stints down in the American League with Springfield just on some conditioning. But... I look back at it now, especially coaching in the American League, I think if I would have spent at least a whole year there for one year to start, it would have made me uh, the transition a lot easier. But they, you know, uh, Terry Simpson had a lot of patience with me. Uh, Bill Tory, uh is no longer with us, but in Al Arbor, uh, it was a good thing those guys were around and had the patience they had with me because uh, I can see how that can uh, creep into an organization where, Yeah, first rounders just not figuring it out two years into it and gone trade him i always put it into like give a guy about three years to figure this out and if he hasn't move him so uh but that's not my job that's just the way i think right right? so like i said this is going to be huge uh playoff hockey experience for these guys and um you know this is where you build your teams down there
2: you mentioned al arbor you got to play with him uh under him in your yeah. career uh towards the end of your career you got to play under joel quinville albeit yeah. very young in his Who head coaching like him, career that's <laughs> <laughs> probably well, that's all right yeah i don't think that's an exclusive club no. to be honest with you. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, what uh, playing for two literally two of the all-time yeah. greatest most winnings in the league coaches how is if anything, what of those guys have influenced you now in your coaching career?
1: It was just how honest they were and how they managed the players. And I had Pat Quinn, too, in Toronto. Uh, a great coach, too. They, these guys walk into the a room, they had a presence. You know, everything got quiet. And uh, they knew they were ready to talk, and guys listened. Um, obviously, I don't have that presence. Those guys have been around a long time and, and, and were successful. Uh, hopefully, one day I will. But... Um, they just learned a lot of how they manage the people, how they knew how to push buttons and make you make players better by whether it was a, a little bit of a kick in the butt or it was a hug or, you know, or a little bit of both. You know, I was more, I needed a kick in the ass all the time. And that was Al. And he saw that in me, but I figured it out after I used to hate him. Why is this guy riding me? But after retiring and looking back and then getting into coaching, um, I knew why he was doing it because i needed it and if it wasn't for a guy like that pushing my buttons maybe i didn't have the career i had so the game has
0: changed in so many ways since you've played and i wonder if this generation of player would be responsive to a coach having more of a for lack of a better word a hard-ass attitude we had some people uh in our chat last night sort of saying like Someone needs to flip over a table. Someone needs to throw yeah. the Gatorade container. Does that even work with, with players in this generation um, anymore?
1: I, I'm not sure. We don't have a table in our room to flip over, and we don't have the big <laughs> Gatorade thing, so I'm going to have to throw something. Um, I don't know, but we're going to find out. Um, you know, it's, you know, I've been pretty patient. I've been, uh, I've been trying to keep everybody relaxed, and, and uh, like I said, I don't want guys to feel uncomfortable around me. Uh, but, you know, I have gone hard a little bit at times, but not as hard. I probably should go. Uh, but there might be a couple of those hardness coming up here pretty soon. But, uh, you know, I, I think you're right, though. I don't think it's a different generation of players. Um, I'm not saying they're soft or anything like that, but it's just it's just the way the world is now, right? Uh, whether you grab a guy by his jersey and shake him and tell him he sucks and or you give a guy a kick in the butt, uh, you can't do that anymore. You know, right. Next thing you know, the agents are calling and the player doesn't want, doesn't respond from that. But they're, the big thing here is uh, to get at them. I think nowadays with players, it's more like ice time and sit them out for a game and stuff like that. This is what's going to hurt them the most.
3: I did want to, you bring up ice time. I did want to ask, you know, this as, as we get to the end of the season here and Blackhawks are trying to develop players, is there... Is there you know, an importance made on, on giving young guys more ice time as, as, as this season progresses? Because I, I know last night like Al, a player like Alec Regula gets, gets called up and plays almost 18 minutes. Is, yeah. it, is it more, I don't want to say forcing them to have more ice time, but is, it, is, it kind of, is that uh, part of the process and uh, kind of yeah, starting to we, sit some veterans? Yeah,
1: there's no point. We've always had that uh, up here when we call guys up. There's no point of calling a guy up to sit in the stands. If you're going to call him up, let's play him That's why we've called him up. And we've done a pretty good job with that. And they got to earn their ice time. Um, I mean, we're not just going to give them the minutes, but um, there's times when they make mistakes and they'll sit for a, a shift or two and then you get them right back out there, especially the young guys. Um, so I think we've done a pretty good job of managing that. So when Rags comes up, um, you know, if he's struggling a little bit, you sit him for a couple shifts and then talk to him and then, get them right back out there. And this is the, the process we have to do. Uh, there's no point of calling them up, it has two bad shifts and then you ride, ride the pine and then send them right back down. That's not fair to the kid. And what's he gonna learn from that? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, these young guys we have now, they're gonna get their opportunities put in, I'll try to put them in a position where they can succeed. Um, and if it, they fail, then we'll talk to them about it and, and I'll get them right back out as soon as I can.
0: When you're a part of a rebuilding team, How important is it to have some sort of veteran presence it's it's impossible to go 100 kids because you're just going to end up losing every game and it's going to destroy the confidence of every player yeah how important is it to have some veteran leadership on those rosters and how hard is it to keep those veterans motivated when the expectation is you're probably going to lose more games than you win
1: yeah it's hard uh you can see the frustration set in at times you know Mm. uh, when things are not going right Uh, and it's creeping in a little bit now and which is understandable i mean i was. Obviously, I wasn't Jonathan Taves or Patrick Kane uh, in my career, but I remember being one of the veterans after a while and seeing these young guys come in and the frustration to lose and, and me getting frustrated. And, and, but uh, you have to bring it in, and these are things you learn as a, as a veteran, how to, how to deal with that. So these guys are learning uh, how to deal with it. It's not easy for them, but uh, they've done a good job. Uh, they've, they're great in the locker room, uh, Kaner. Uh, tasers really good uh, his presence when he comes in that room the guys know uh, the captains back and uh, he's done a fabulous job I've explained to them that sometimes your game is not where you like it to be but that doesn't keep you from being that uh, leader and, and make sure guys are accountable uh, and uh, again they've done a good job Seth Jones is starting to come out a little bit more obviously we, we miss a guy like Gord Murphy uh, we miss Flurry he was real good in the locker room, good on the bench when he wasn't playing. And, uh, you know, uh, there's some other guys that are stepping up, but um, they're not quite that veteran uh, presence as like a guy like Taves or Kaner. When you look at
2: the construction of, of the roster now, how important is it? It seems like <clears throat> there's guys that are like, hey, this guy only succeeds when he's playing with top six talent. Yep. This guy is our fourth liner, and we really – how important going forward is to get more versatility? Guys you can plug up and down the lineup and not worried about, hey, he only succeeds he's with only, this type of player. He's only good
1: on the centering uh, Kane and uh, Brinkat. <laughs> That's the only time he can play. Um, it is important. You know, and it it can backfire on you a little bit, and I think that did a little bit with me with uh, Kurashev and Borkstrom. You know, I started them with the uh, – you know, I didn't feel they were working, uh, playing the game the right way when they didn't have the puck. So I put him on the third and fourth line, to make them work. You know, you put Kurzhev with Lafferty or with Reese Johnson and Entwistle and these guys, that, that's their job, right? Uh, it's going to force him to play that way. Um, it kind of backfired a little bit. We weren't getting much from him. Um, the only thing it did help him with is he realized that you're not, you think you're working, but you're not. So I think Kurchev has really, really learned from that. Uh, puck battles, winning those puck battles and and getting into the gray areas. You're going to get hit. You're going to get smoked. You might get your head ripped off. Get up, brush yourself off and get back in there. Um, And now we've rewarded him and put him with the top line or one of the top lines and he's been playing well. He's taken full advantage of it. It's hard to take him out of the lineup now.
3: I did want to ask, going back to your playing days, because you did play for a very important era of Islanders hockey you went through the logo change to the fishermen oh geez here we go (laughs) I should have brought my jersey (laughs) and I could have wore that (laughs) too what as a as a player when when that happened uh what was what was that like because you know we we've we've heard stories over the years the the fan reaction to (laughs) that what was the player reaction like that
1: Oh, my God. Because um, <laughs> now, now you know, people I, love the nostalgia of it. They, yeah. you know, now it's, you know, it's worth something, right? It's um, so bad it's good. When we were, there were still some veterans around from after the cup days that we started, <clears throat> and we still had that Islander pride kind of thing. Like we wanted to correct this. We wanted to be part of the next guys winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, The old, old regime was always around that Gillies, Nystrom, these guys. uh, They were, and they were always, we always saw those guys around the rink and just, we wanted to be like them. But then when this happened, uh, they brought in this new logo. They told us, and I guess I can say whatever I want anyways. uh, Millbury and them told us, you guys need to promote this. Whether you like it or not. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Ownership and the new (laughs) management group. So here we are at this press conference. We got our jerseys on and, Oh, we love it. I think it's great change and blah, 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 And then we walk out and take them off and we throw them back in the box. <laughs> and we're just like, are you kidding me right now? What is going on here? Um, we did not like it. Hey, you want to change the color? Add a little color for a third jersey or make that a third jersey? Go ahead. But yeah. you're, you're taking away from what uh, a lot of those old-time players, when they won their Cups or Dynasty, you're taking that away from them mm-hmm. by doing something like that. I still have my jersey, so I might put it up on eBay here pretty soon. <laughs> there it, you go. People are looking for one. but uh, uh,
2: you, you can bring it into practice. I'm, I'll
1: make you an offer for it. i <laughs> make you yeah. an offer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, we, uh, the older guys weren't uh, happy about it. The younger guys didn't know any better because they didn't have that Islander pride yet, right? Yeah. They were just like, oh, I'm in the NHL. I don't care where I am. Uh, where's my signing bonus? And I'm buying a new car. <laughs> so uh, that's, where, that's where we were with that jersey. I was <laughs> not happy about it.
0: Well, I wanted to bring up something. I'm a little bit starstruck because I'm a big video gamer. And right here is a piece of Chicago history. This game, two-on-two open ice challenge, made by a Chicago company now defunct Midway. <clears throat> Pat Foley is the play-by-play announcer. You are on the New York Islanders in this game. Huh. So it's basically a you and three stars of the team. Can you guess your teammates? This was 1996 this game came out. There are three of your teammates, including a goalie, were on the roster. You have any guess who your teammates were in this Wait, game? What year did it come out? Ninety-six.
1: Ninety-six. My teammates. Ninety-six.
0: Uh, One is coaching with you, not with you, but co- currently a coach.
3: Currently a coach. Can we bring that back up on the screen there. Yeah, there we go. Currently a coach.
0: I had forgotten Wendell Clark wow.
3: was an Islander.
1: Ninety-six.
0: So that's the arcade version that's we have on the, the arc- screen. So Wendell Clark is not He's on this version. He's a better skater version. than me. <laughs> it's Eric. You can See,
1: he, look at the shot thing.
3: Yeah, you can shoot, shoot. the hell out of the puck.
1: Clarky could shoot a puck.
0: Yeah, apparently he wasn't was. not a better a passer. passer than yeah he, yeah, he was not going to pass. Wendell <laughs> wasn't an assist guy. I'm
1: surprised I even have a green in that check column. <laughs> but I'll, I'll take the, I'll take the shot thing. So when uh, the, when 96. the video game came
0: out for PlayStation, your oh. teammates were Eric Fichot, Travis Green, and Zygmunt Palfy. Oh yeah. And the other cool thing about this game is all of the sound effects were recorded at McFederidge Ice Arena in Chicago. So this has always been my favorite game ever. I've held on to this since 1996. That's unbelievable. And I own a PlayStation 1 simply to play this game, and I always went to the Islanders because I love Ziggy Palfy.
1: Ziggy Palfy was and great.
0: you were also yeah, wonderful they just, That's a to- <laughs> They
1: just throw me in there, token. <laughs> Who was the other guy? Eric who Eric for show was the goalie was oh, a goalie, the goalie, okay who started way too young they threw him into a threw him to the wolves he had shoulder surgery and then never recovered he's a real good goalie real good I think he does uh maybe some radio stuff in Montreal or and stuff like that now yeah. I always I still keep in touch Paul Fee, I've never seen and then Travis Green obviously I always talk to him yeah. and, and yeah. you know it's too bad uh, a guy like that gets fired because he's a pretty class act so yeah Uh, But that's – I'm still – can't believe I have a better shot than Wendell Clark. (laughs) Don't let him see that. He'll beat me Yeah, hold it over over That's
2: Blackhawks legend, Wendell Clark. That's right. That (laughs) was a fun week. Oh, yeah. Whatever it was. I think it was 11 games Wendell Clark played for the Blackhawks.
3: So you you played and coached in Toronto at at different levels, but with the the Maple Leafs organization. Um, Historically, a hockey-crazy, hungry market. Yep. What was that experience – Like being in that, you know, hockey central with with being in Toronto, both as a player and as a a coach in the minor league system?
1: It's um, The coaching part of it was great. Um, I just had this conversation with um, uh, some of the guys around the room and that how nice Chicago treats us as as a staff or as the organization is top-notch. And Toronto has been known for, they treat their players, their staff like, I will say Chicago does is, takes it to another level. And, that's, you know, and I haven't been in Toronto for a while, so I don't know uh, if they've changed or up, upped it a little bit there, but Chicago is by far uh, the best place to play. Um, coaching there was great. Playing there as a player, it was like... Uh, I'm from Hamilton, which is just down the street, so when uh, I became an unrestricted free agent and they called... I jumped all over mm-hmm. it. Uh, I said, just make me an offer. And they made me an offer. And they actually made me more than I was actually looking for. So, <laughs> But I didn't tell them that. Um, and I jumped on it. And it was, uh, what an experience. Uh, closing the old garden, opening up the new uh, Air Canada Centre at the time, going to the conference finals, just the, the whole atmosphere, the vibe that was going around the city. It was a great time to play there. Um, um, but it was, they just, it was dynamite. Especially, you know, like, it's like being from Chicago or the suburbs and playing for the Hawks, putting on your jersey, right? It was like that for me. Mm-hmm. Grew up a Leafs fan, and now I'm playing. Now I'm putting the jersey on. It was unbelievable.
0: Last game at the Garden was against the Blackhawks. Yep. I believe you have the final have goal the, uh, scored there. I
1: have the last goal as a Maple Leaf. Bob Prober had Brodue. the last goal. Yep. You know? What was it like playing in Chicago Stadium? It was awesome. Crazy fans. This, was, uh, this is a great city. Um, and I keep reminding these guys, like, we're fortunate enough to be part of this organization. This city is unbelievable, and the fans are dynamite. I mean, the Toronto fans are great. Uh, Islander fans uh, were good. A couple of them asked me to retire. Was, <laughs> I think it was right after my first game I ever played. that they was yelling at me, when are you going to retire, King? I'm like, I just started. <laughs> but um, playoff time with the Islanders was unbelievable. Uh, but being here and being on that bench as a – as a coach now and, and just being around, uh, it's there's, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. You've so. got to keep the cap behind the bench. I did it the one game. I like it. Uh, I forget what game. Vegas. Yeah. I kept it on uh, Ray Ferraro, another teammate of mine on the island. He was in between the benches, and I talked to these guys. Whoever's doing the games, I always talk to them before and give them a little scoop on guys and stuff like that. So he goes, you've got to wear the hat for me. I was like, all right. So I kept it on. <laughs> But uh, maybe I'd change it up and put it back on again. Yeah, why not? Something. You had the
3: lucky suit earlier this season. Yeah, maybe the, the, maybe uh, the hat get
1: can my jacket out, get all my lucky socks on, and yeah. my hat on, and hopefully we turn this the around. The hat
2: was working for two periods
1: that yeah. game. So maybe yeah. maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe it for the
2: first two periods, yeah. leave it in the locker room for the third.
0: Or the last period, try yeah. it
1: again or something. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: The key to coaching success in Chicago is the mustache. Yeah. Quenville and, and yeah. Ozzie Guillen and Ditka, that's – Jackson, maybe I got to go to a, just that, a mustache. I don't
1: that's know. it, let's go. We'll
0: see, coach. We appreciate you joining us. Well, wow, thanks it's for it. has been wonderful. The half great. hour flew by, yeah, and we hope we can do it again soon. Yeah,
1: for sure. I'm in. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that's it. Thanks, thanks Blackhawks yeah. head
0: coach Derek King. Thanks to the Hawks, Will Chuckerman, John Similar, everybody over there for making this happen. We greatly appreciate it. Hope you enjoy that. And hey, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit on PointsBet, your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live NBA Same Game Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect Live NBA Same Game Parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game, and if you want more, you can always boost your live Same Game Parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. And now... Online signup is available in Illinois. So you can download the Points Bet app right now from the shower in your underwear. Whatever you're doing, you can do it from start to finish on your phone. So, what are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just bet. Live your bet life with Points Bet. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. That was uh, awesome. You shower with your phone? Yeah. Oh. I got a little ledge up there. Are you like Kramer? Are you making salads in the shower? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing all sorts of stuff, man. Shower is like some of the f- few moments of the day I'm alone. I get that's, that. You know, it's get, no one's it, talking yes. to me. No one's bugging me. Yes, so that's it's, true. I'll go through TikTok <laughs> on my phone. I call it TikTok sometimes. Um, I, I learned today, nice. thanks to Casey, our great
2: social you, media man. manager here. Yeah. She's the best. I'm uh, apparently huge on TikTok. Apparently. I've never been on the TikToks. I don't know anything about it. I, I think I, uh, I'm not their target audience, which I'm okay with. But apparently... 20 somethings love me.
0: How could they know what, what is not to love?
2: Who knew? That's
0: big. I'm gonna roll with it. I'm gonna roll with it. I'm gonna get a t shirt that says TikTok legend. Huge on big TikTok. On TikTok. Big, yeah. w- big with the kids. <laughs> I you know, that interview I loved his 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 candor and his honesty. Owning mistakes, mm-hmm. saying playing Kuroshev and Borgstrom on the bottom six, it backfired it on me. It didn't work, yep. It did not work out. Everybody, player, coach, broadcaster, whatever, is a work in progress. Yeah. And he knows that. And, and him talking about coming in and being kind of overwhelmed at first and then settling into the role, these things take time. And I think his honesty with so many of the things he talked about, and look, like, if you were listening closely, you heard what he was saying about prospects not getting a chance mm-hmm. to play in the minors and how that can be detrimental and how they now have to take the time to recover guys like Kirby Doc, and and, yeah. and you know other guys that were maybe rushed to the NHL a little bit. I thought there was a lot there, mm-hmm. absolutely. And and I'm going to go back and listen to it on the way home to make sure I didn't miss anything. <laughs> but he gave us a lot, and I yeah. lo- how you never have a coach in any professional league own something specific like that. That that's almost unheard. Yeah, of. and the- I think to the players. And to the fans, that I think that maybe endears them to him because look, he's not, he doesn't think he's perfect. He knows he's made mistakes, miscalculations. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you learn from that? And that's what we're going to find out about Derek King in the remaining games of the season, and 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 maybe beyond. We'll see.
3: Yeah, people people constantly will will ask, you know, what what is it that makes him, you know, make makes us? We've because we've talked about it on this show, makes us believe that, you know him coming back is is the right thing to do Um, or you know what could it hurt whatever whatever way you want to put it Um, I think it is that that honesty Um, I think that that what he brings to that locker room and not BSing the players saying hey this is working for you this isn't working for you we're going to put you in XYZ role this is why we're doing it Um, his honesty with with the media Um, I think that that's another thing that that is one refreshing But also, like, can allow him to connect with these players. Bringing up, he talked about his own experience as a young player, and he said it was a difficult transition, even with it. You know, back in, in in playing in the '80s, going straight from junior to the NHL and not really having any any real minor league time. He to to his own career experience, it was detrimental to a point where he had to jump right into it. And I think that that's the concern that a lot of Blackhawks fans have with prospects, you know, in the past and, and, and in the future. Past regimes have rushed prospects. You know, we've we've talked about Kirby Dock. Um, you know, Adam Bocus while he was here, a lot of people thought was rushed. Um, even Alex Debrinkit, when he started his career, people were saying, ah, this kid needs to go to Rockford. And yeah. then he starts scoring goals at a crazy rate, and everything's fine. But I think it's, it's something like that that he – that perspective he can bring um, that I think is 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 valuable to a team that's going to be going through a rebuild and going to be young.
2: Yeah, I think a, a lot of people are saying, why do you think he's a good coach for a rebuilding team? I think those conversations right there proved how many times did he mention himself kind of rushed a little bit, former teammates kind of rushed it. a little bit. Mm-hmm. He gets it and he gets that this isn't going to be an overnight process. In order to be a really good NHL player, you've got to learn your lessons, you got to pay your dues. Um, he he understands that. He's not going to be the type. If he's here beyond this season, he's not going to be the type of coach that says, "Hey, we've lost four in a row. Get me whoever the leading Rockford player is yeah. up here today." That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and his honesty, I, I, you know, I've I've been lucky enough to cover. I've covered essentially his entire run in Rockford. Is he's always been honest. If he's able to sit there and admit to us that he's made mistakes. You damn well know he's telling that to these players, that he will sit them and say and go, listen, okay, I thought you'd be good here. I was wrong, so I'm going to put you here. Prove me wrong. Yeah, and, right. and a guy like Philip Kurashev has the last couple of games, and you know he's having those conversations with him. If he's telling us these things, multiply that by 10 of what he's telling his Definitely. players. And that, when, you're, when a player, especially a young player, still trying to figure out, can trust his head coach, that's why he's the right kind of coach for for a rebuilding team at least as it's getting off the ground
0: 13th overall pick in 1985 was derek King like he said came right into the league and did not get off to a hot start for you know first full well 55 game season 12 goals 24 assists 14 goals 29 assists but then later in his career three four five years 40 goals 38 goals 30 goals he became an effective player and he proved that he was worth that 13th overall pick it just takes time and I think he understands that which is important for player development right he's not going to pull the plug on some kid who's not great right away and he can go look at Kirby Doc in the face and say look I've been where you are I get it I've been through it it's tough but you have talent there's a reason you were picked where you were and stick with it and will, and you're going to get through it and become the player that they thought you were going to be when they picked you third overall so I think that that's I didn't realize that about him—that he was drafted and brought right in—and yeah. I think that that connection with so many Hawks, yeah. even Ian Mitchell, who has mm-hmm. correctly been sent back down, he can say, "Look, I've been through what you've been through. It's not—it's not a linear line to success. You know, you're not just going to go up, up, up. There's going to be peaks and valleys, and I'm going to help you get through it because I did it myself." Yeah,
3: yeah, I think that that's that's incredibly important, and you know, he talked about playing for coaches like like a Joel Quenville, like an Al Arbor, coaches that had the presence of walking in the locker room. And he admits I don't have that. Um, but I, I, I think as, you know, if if he is uh, coaching with Chicago beyond this season, he has the opportunity to come into a new season next year, be a familiar voice, be a familiar face, and, and have the opportunity to have that rapport with more of the veteran players, not just the guys that he's been with you know, through the the last few seasons with Rockford, and then and then you know young players this this season, but also some of the veterans that, that he mentioned, like like a, a Tays and Kane, they might be around they might be around next year probably, um, but beyond that, who knows? Connor Murphy, uh, Jake McCabe, Seth Jones, like these these more veteran players that he's getting a rapport with through this season and and potentially you know into the off season and into next season, uh, that's also important. So the idea of bringing in um, a completely fresh coach. Uh, completely new voice um, could be could be and might still be on the table for the Blackhawks but I think at this point um, again I, I really don't feel that Derek King has done anything to not have his name be be in the hat for for next season
2: yeah there is something to say in the starting a season familiar and, and starting a season with a competitive edge and if you want to start your day with a competitive edge Uh, We recommend Strava CBD coffee because it is a game changer and it has helped thousands of people improve their overall wellness and quality of life. And who doesn't want that? Uh, Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad spectrum CBD. That's right. It's coffee. It's hemp. It's together. Mm. It's delicious. I mean, we... Where can you go wrong? Uh, CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer benefits that can help you. You're going to feel alert, but without the jitters, a strong cup of coffee will give you. Live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, in, in, including CBD in your daily routine could even help you enjoy a more restful sleep and wake up feeling refreshed. I've been drinking this coffee for the last couple of weeks, and I can tell you, I'm someone who is very anxious and has lots of aches and pains. And I have noticed a difference since including the Strava with my morning uh, routine. The best part Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh and shipped directly to your door. You don't have to go looking for it. It comes to you. It offers concentrated full spectrum CBD for those looking for a more traditional CBD format with a powerful entourage effect of benefits and CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase when you use the code CHGO25 when you check out. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com. That's S T R A V A Coffee.com. And when you use that CHGO25 code at checkout. And if you're already a fan of Strava, and by now we've been talking about a few weeks, you should be because it's a great product. You can also subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. That's where they put you in control, save on your favorite coffees, and have them automatically delivered to your home or office when you want it to. It doesn't get any easier for a great cup of coffee that includes all the benefits of CBD. And they have different levels. I know you said you've tried out the lower level one. I went for the full strength because, you know, go big or go home. (laughs) Um, But whatever your comfort level is, they've got it for you. Uh, Check them out over at Strava.com. Stravacraft
3: That's what it is.com. Yeah. I wanted to get to this uh to this question here from from uh Windy City yeah, yeah. Windy hockey C- here. City, question yeah, right. for the crew. Are you worried the Hawks lose out the rest of the season and land a top two pick in this draft and pushing the first round pick sent to the Blue Jackets into a deep twenty twenty three draft? So first point, I don't think the Blackhawks can lose out into getting better odds than either Montreal or Arizona or Seattle. I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, But if you land the first or second overall pick, if you're Chicago and and the lottery balls go your way, that means you're either landing Shane Wright or potentially Yuri Slavkovsky. I have no issue if the Blackhawks come out of this 2022 draft with either one of those players. If that ends up being the case... There's nothing wrong with that. Shane Wright is is looked at as, um, you know, he's not a McDavid. He's not he's not one of these he's, generational. He's more of a Bergeron changing. Type yeah, last you time know, I
2: checked, he's been pretty good too. He's right. He's
3: yeah. yeah. So this so Shane Wright. The projections on him may not be as earth shattering as a McDavid or an Austin Matthews, but you're still getting a quality player who you could look at and be like, this is going to be a kid. That you can build around. You can build a, a franchise with him uh, as as part of it. Same with with a player like uh, Svekovsky, who I think has you know through the Olympics really imp- increased his his yeah, stock. And you know it, he's the kind of player. Both of them are that the Blackhawks need either a, a dynamic center who can eventually be a top top line center, power play, penalty kill, or. A, a power winger with size and scoring ability. Like yeah. the Blackhawks need forwards that have that kind of uh, ability. So, yeah, if you, maybe you don't end up in the top five of the 2023 draft with counter Bedard, with uh, Ryan Fant- Fantilli, um, I'm, I'm blanking on the uh, Michkov, Michkov uh, yeah. with the, the you know in, in Russia. Like you might you may not you may lose out on on a potential player like that but you're you're still getting someone who even like if 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 either of those two players were in the twenty twenty three class they'd be in that mix too It's yeah. not like it's not like these two are these these guys are scrubs in twenty twenty two and it's all about twenty twenty three there's still quality players at the right. top of this well, draft. and look
0: like even if you <laughs> it, neither is guaranteed right, right? exactly so i i'd rather of course if I had the choice to choose between this draft and a twenty three draft yes I would opt to have the the higher pick next year right but i'd rather. Have one than not, right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't think you know if they get one either year, that's a win. As of last night, this is from my buddy James Navo, he said um since Ottawa ended up beating Detroit, the Hawks dropped to the sixth worst record in the league, and their odds of getting a top two pick is fifteen point five.
2: Right, and that's with an eight game losing streak.
0: Right. So right. like they're not going to lose the next nine right. games. Obviously, the twenty twenty three draft
2: is a stacked draft, but none of those guys are guarantees. Uh, I would prefer a top two pick in 2023, but you don't say no to the top overall pick in 2022. Right, right. Shane Wright is still going to be a really good player. Even if it's the second pick, we mentioned Yuri Slapkowski, who I love. I love that kid. He's big. He's, he's talented. He's exactly what the Hawks need. But you could also get a guy like a Logan Cooley, who's calm up. The draft ranks a real nice player. Mm-hmm. A Matthew Savoy, who's lighting it up in the, in the WHL. Mm-hmm. So you don't say no to a top two pick just because you think the next draft is going to be better. And yes, right. counter Bedard and Fatelli yeah, right, and, right. and Mitch cough. Yeah. Those are like, could be franchise altering players, but there's no guarantee. You're going to get one of those picks in 2023. So if you're, if you get that first overall pick this year, you take
3: it, mm-hmm. you gladly take it. Absolutely. So, and, and you might end up with the, the, Eighth or ninth pick next uh, in the 2023 draft, and right. this might be completely moot. You might exactly. just be getting another, you know, not to downplay it, but you might be just getting another tenth, tenth overall right. pick. I mean, ninth overall y-
2: pick. if you, you you hope it's better than that, but you never know. You never know. Yeah. If 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 they the ball if the lottery balls drop in your favor and you're guaranteed handed one of the top two picks, you take it because you don't know what's going to happen next year. Right. I think you people. Don't know.
3: I think people. I think fans are. Recently, shell shocked with Kirby Doc because he was picked third overall yeah. in a deep 2019 draft, and I think a lot of Blackhawks fans feel like they got duped. And there's still time for him to develop. He still can be a, a, a very solid player, but you know the the having the number three overall pick tag on him, and we've talked about this, is that weighs on a player, and especially if someone doesn't immediately light it up. It it becomes an issue, so I think I think a lot of Blackhawks fans are are have some 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 you know unease about right. being in the top three, top two range, and, and, and missing out on potentially missing out on somebody.
2: Everybody loves Connor Bedard, and he's a fantastic player, but again, he's still he's what sixteen, seventeen years old, seventeen.
3: Yeah, but I he's, mean, he's
2: no guarantee. I mean, he's pretty darn. He looks close pretty to damn good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's about as close as you get to a guaranteed star, but yeah. there's no guarantee that he pans out. You know, what happens when he starts facing men? You know, right. You never yeah, know. Yeah. So there's no guarantee that he's going to be a superstar. I like the odds. Yeah. I'll take those <laughs> right, odds. Exactly. I'll take those <laughs> <odds>. <laughs> I'll, add, I'll <laughs> add them to my franchise tomorrow if you let me. Yeah. But there's no guarantee that any of these guys are going to be, you know, top superstars. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the uniqueness about the draft. So if you get the top, one of the top two picks this year, then y- you take it. You gladly take it.
3: I cannot wait till the off-season draft talk. Oh, there's a, lot, of there's a lot to talk about.
2: Lots
0: of guys. I love draft time. Fun?
3: Love draft time.
0: A uh, comment from Jay Serio in the chat. He says, uh, loves the interview with King. Hoping we'll get more guests on. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yep. Uh, yes. Especially as the off-season hits, we'll be doing five a week. We'll be having a lot of guests on draft previews, free agency previews. Uh, hopefully some more Hawks people will yeah. be willing to come by and hang out with us. But definitely uh, in the works. Yeah. It's been tough with post-games you know, and then remote shows sometimes once we're in the off season swing and the regular schedule, it'll be a lot easier to uh, get those guests scheduled. I know we want to talk about Pat Foley. It's going to be our last chance to do it before the ceremonies happen tomorrow. But first I want to remind everybody to become a CHGO member. It's just such an awesome thing to be part of. You get access to our discord channel, you get access to all the great written content. I've got my love letter to Pat Foley coming out tomorrow. So keep an eye out for that. It just, a constant stream of great written content access to the chgo locker a free shirt when you become a member it's just an awesome thing to sign up for and, and honestly it, it helps us it supports the its approach to product so if you're enjoying it make sure you jump on that chgo membership uh, and go to allchgo.com for information and remember if you use that uh, points bet app and use the code chgo and make a 50 dollar or more first time deposit you get a free membership so do that Real easy. Real nice. All right, Pat Foley night coming up on Thursday. Uh, the Blackhawks just emailed, as we were having an interview with Derek King, the Hawks Win exclusive t-shirt available on cbhshop.com. It says Hawks Win three times with Pat Foley signature underneath Hawks it. Going to get me one win. of them. Cool enough shirt. I am intrigued it's by great. the giveaway, which is very fittingly a Pat Foley pint glass. Perfect. I've got to get one of those. <laughs> yeah. That is, th- I may trade my Foley and and bobbleheads that are here on the desk uh, in exchange for a Pat Foley wow. pint glass. Because Ooh. I'm going to try. I'll, I'll that's try. a perfect giveaway.
2: I am definitely <laughs> when on my way down the media after tomorrow night's game. I am definitely going to take a stroll up and down a few seats to see if anybody left them behind. <laughs> yes, please do. And, I, and if I can get a couple, I will definitely make that trade. We Even can if make the that piece trade together. A on broken air. one. No, that that's going <laughs> to yeah, be a, right. that's going to be a good <laughs> yeah. glass. Hopefully, I can. Uh, We can find some extras lying around Thursday night. Um, I I think uh, we kind of don't really know what they plan. They just say Pat Foley's celebration. But based on if there's one thing this organization does an amazing job of, maybe the best thing that they do is their celebrations of players. You know, the Marion Hossa thing was awesome the other night. The Jonathan Mm -hmm. Taves one thought they do it right. I can't wait to see whatever video package they can come up with You know, there's going to be a few you got to have a Bannerman thrown out there and he should be there. And I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was it was awesome with Pat and Dale Talon in the booth the other night. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to watch it live because I was there. But, you know, I I DVR'd the game and went back and watched it. And it was great. Uh, I missed those. That's what I grew up on. I grew up on Pat Foley, Dale Talon. Pat Foley has been the voice of the Blackhawks my entire fandom, except for those missing years in between there. But. He's I associate Pat Foley with the Blackhawks, much like you know, other generations associate Jack Brickhouse with the Cubs. Yeah. Um, you know or Harry
0: Carey or whatever. Harry yeah. Carey,
2: Johnny Red Kerr with the Bulls, you know, those he's he's iconic, he's legendary. Uh it's so, the
0: soundtrack of my fandom. Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. Like you it's know? gonna be very hard watching Blackhawk games going forward and not hearing Pat Foley. Um, you know, C- Chris Foster's I think is gonna do a great job as he grows into it. Yeah. Um, but he's, I, he's gonna have a thankless en- task. I don't envy yeah. him in the lead. That is of the Replacing a legend is never easy. What it's I, it's going to be hard to win over a lot of. But my advice to everybody, getting to know Chris a little bit uh, at practice the last few days, just give him some time. Let yeah. him let him grow into the position. He's not going to be Pat Foley. And that's okay. There's never going to no be no one's another ever going to be Pat Foley. No. So let Chris let Chris Fosters be Chris Vosters. Let him grow into the job. Give him give him some time, and I think he'll be great. And I can't wait to see what the Blackhawks do tomorrow to
0: celebrate Foley. They need to blow this out for him. I think Absolutely. this needs to be as big of a celebration as they've ever done. What I would like to see is the Makita family there. Uh, Pat's first game was Stan Makita's last, mm. and I think that having. The Makita family there is a representation of, you know, kind of bookending the career would be very fitting. I was talking to Stan's uh, daughter, Jane, on Facebook the other day because she shared that fact, reminded me of that fact. And I said, do you have any memories to share that I could let people know on CHGO? She's like, I was so young, I don't really remember the broadcast. I remember the day, which is remember the broadcast, but um, I hope the Makita family is involved in some way because they were there when it started. They should be there when it ends.
3: Yeah, I think that that would be... You know, one of the the many different things that the, that the team could do um, to to honor Foley and and his his legacy and his time uh, as the voice of the Blackhawks. I mean, that it's like you said, Jay. Like we, one thing that the organization does well is is the celebrations. And you know, even even for a guy like Mark Andre Fleury, who was here for half a season, they they blew it up for his 500th win. Yeah. And it's you know, it's something that I think. If there's if there's ever a person around or within the organization that deserves to have something completely massive, where the ceremony and the celebration is is almost more important than the game that gets played after it, um, it's it's Pat Foley. So I I and you know you guys said on the on the broadcast I was at the game last night, but you said on the broadcast that you know Eddie uh, Olczyk alluded to hey tune in early, so it'll definitely be. Some sort of pregame ceremony. Hopefully, it's a big thing and, and not just like, oh, yeah, and in the intermission, we're going to honor Pat Foley. And he gets like a two minute little thing,
0: says says thanks, and, and that's the last we see of him. Yeah. I misspoke, by the way. It was when they retired Stan's jersey, not his final game. Okay. That's what I meant to say. There we go. My bad.
2: Um, real quick before we, we wrap it up, Windy City Hockey had another question in here
0: asking for covering
2: the Ice Hogs uh, playoff run. Yeah, uh, I, yes. I said a little bit on last night's. Post game show. That is the plan. Uh, we're not going to have Blackhawks hockey to, playoff hockey to talk about. I plan on heading out to as many of those playoff games as possible, especially if they play Milwaukee in the first round uh, or Chicago. I, yeah, uh, Chicago Wolves. The, maybe, um, ideally, it would be Milwaukee first round, Wolves second round. Perfect. I can go to all the games, <laughs> uh, but I plan on going to as many of those games as I can, getting getting some quotes, and hopefully we'll be able to get uh, some of the guys on the Ice Hogs on the show. Um, we're going to try. And uh, so, for as long as they're in the playoffs, this will be the CHGO C- Ice Hogs <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, so, for those of you who are interested in in the Ice Hogs postseason run, we will are planning on keeping you fully abreast on everything that's happening in Rockford. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, let's wrap things up. What a great show! It flew by. That's really yeah, good. It really sure. did, yeah. Want to remind everybody we're presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And the best way to support us is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO. You'll get a, if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. Any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. From my partners, Mario and Greg, I'm Jay Zawaski. We'll talk to you Thursday night after Pat Foley night here on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.